Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Jamie Mason Cohen. He's a best-selling author and certified handwriting analyst who actually once worked at Saturday Night Live. Now, Jamie's a guy who gives keynote speeches, and he's probably best known for a TEDx talk he gave on how to spot a leader in their handwriting. We're going to talk about the great misconceptions that people have about handwriting analysis, the traits you can actually detect when it comes to looking at someone's handwriting, and I will tell you that he was dead on with mine, and why you should take notes with handwriting instead of electronically. You're going to learn a ton from Jamie Mason Cohen. Jamie Cohen, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Ian. I'm so glad to be here. So I'd love for you to share with our audience something surprising about you that they may not know. When I was unemployed in my early 20s living in Toronto, I phoned Lorne Michaels, the executive producer of Saturday Night Live, 25 times until his assistant called me back and said, what would it take for you to stop calling? And I ended up getting a 15-minute meeting with him. It was the last public appearance of Chris Farley before he passed. And I ended up, after that 15-minute meeting, getting a job working at Saturday Night Live for four years. And what did you do there? I did several things. One of the things I did was I helped organize uh, comedy tours for up-and-coming comedians who traveled across the United States. Everyone on that tour included Dave Chappelle, Tom Rhodes, who has a Netflix special, and, and many others who are on shows like 30 Rock. And I also pitched movies of the week based on true stories because he had an empire that went beyond Saturday Night Live. So I really learned then the value of pitching and how to clarify my ideas so that I got across in a few minutes to busy executives what I wanted them to hear. Wow. You know, that's, so my big question for you is this. At which, at which number of phone calls, because you said you called 25 times, how many times along the way did you think, all right, I'm not calling again. I've, I've called enough and it's over. Well, you know, at that stage of my life, I, I was a little bit ignorant. I didn't realize that that was potentially being a little bit too pushy. So I went in there with a certain naivete that if I just kept calling and I kept telling everyone in my family and all of my friends, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But the, what I learned where really was the power of persistence. I mean, if I had stopped calling after the 24th time, I never would have had that opportunity. And so was it after call 18 or 19 that they filed the restraining order? For <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere along there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I got in just under the gun because they figured, well, look, we'll have the police right outside the office. He'll come in for the interview. And exactly. then if there's anything sketchy, we arrest him and haul him off to jail. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to spend some time talking about this idea of handwriting, because I think that it's something that Oftentimes people see it as a lost art. It's something that people say, well, people don't even know how to write anymore. I know that I often joke about my writing where I'll say to people, look, I'm often labeled a writer, but some people, you may believe that I'm more of a typer when you see me write. So first, what are the common misconceptions that people have about handwriting analysis? Some of the misconceptions are when I'm doing it, you're just making this up or you're doing a cold reading or they compare it to palm reading or astrology or tarot cards, which I have nothing against. I just don't know anything about those. And so the facts are, or the, the truth is, is that there is a science behind it and that it is based on each 
trait that you have, each personality trait, and there's over a hundred that I can see are directly linked to a specific physical, you could say symbol or line that you write on the page. And so it works like this. Your handwriting reveals strengths and weaknesses, learning and thinking styles, how you respond emotionally in a situation, how you think and react to topics, and it paints a picture of what you think. Really? So give Mm -hmm. me some examples. Okay, so there's several examples that we could look at. I mean, you can tell if somebody wants to be the center of attention when they walk into the room or whether or not they are more comfortable being the person who slips, you know, uh, in the back door at a party. You can tell if someone's trustworthy or not. You can tell if somebody uh, will respond emotionally, they'll be more balanced, or whether they have a quick trigger temper. You can see the level of goals that somebody has. Uh, If they're an optimist or a pessimist, uh, do they take time to trust or do they open themselves immediately to people? Whether people are compatible with each other, you can tell the strengths, you can tell the weaknesses, and you can tell overall a personality profile in a really fast and effective way that I've never seen done in any other type of personality profiling system. Well, now, how often have you been surprised where, where you see certain attributes and the person says, no, it's not at all like me, and more importantly, that other people agree that it's not like that? Rarely. I think that there's certain traits that people may be resistant to. I think often the analyst may not be expressing it, in a way that makes sense for that person. And I've realized after doing this for several decades that it's often not wrong. It's just I may have said it in a better way that landed with that person. Yep. Well, you know, and and I think that's the case in virtually any business. There are times where I'll be working with an organization and I'll quickly see, gee, you know what? The real the real problem in the organization is that the the leader who believes that they are the rock star salesperson is actually fine with a certain type of client, but otherwise derails other deals. And in their mind, it's like, well, everyone else is messed up. We just got to fix them. And you're like, hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where do we go from there? So, um, right. so, and, and I know that I had sent you a writing sample and, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether it's even appropriate for us to do this, but is there something we could even have people who are listening have them write things out, then we can help them see that? Or um, being as though it's not video-based, you tell me if that's even practical. Yeah, what we can do and what I do with audiences when I speak is I have everybody write out the same two sentences and then sign their name. And then we can do a speed analysis where we can look at a few traits and see if they're in the writing. And uh, that sentence is, I told you and your purple people eater friend, take that silly monkey and go back to the darn zoo. So I'll repeat it. I told you and your purple people eater friend, take that silly monkey and go back to the darn zoo and then do your signature underneath. If you do cursive writing, you can do cursive writing. If you print usually, which a lot of people do, you can print. And once you do that, we can go through a few traits to see what strengths may exist in your writing. I love it because I did not give you those two sentences because you probably specified that. But in what got forward to me from my team, I didn't see the actual two sentences. So I just wrote two other sentences. So it it probably just, you know, indicates that I'll be a fire watcher someday. (laughs) Well, if you like, we can go through yours. 
Sure. I mean, it's so, and, and by the way, what I want to do is I want people to kind of see, and we can talk through what people, you know, you can, if you can draw the parallel between what you see in mind and what other people can see based on these two sentences we've described, then, um, then what I really want to get to after that is, so what do we do with all that information and, and how can we use this in business? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. So, why don't we look at a few traits for the audience and then we can transition to looking at your writing sure. going a little more deeper. Cool. Okay. So everyone listening right now and um, Ian, if you have your sample in front of you as well, yep, you can look at yours. So I want everyone now to look at the angle, the direction of your entire writing. So is your writing straight? Are you writing in a straight line or is it slanted slightly up or is it slanted slightly down? Ian, how would you describe the general direction on a straight line or going a little bit up or a little bit down? I think my, I mean, what I see, I think is that mine is generally slightly up, but mostly on a straight line. But uh, you know, I don't know what I'm looking for. Okay. Well, I've seen your writing and I would describe it as more consistently going slightly upward. So if you have writing that goes slightly upward, you have something in common with Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon Vera Wang, the iconic fashion designer, and Roger Maris, the Yankee slugger. And that is the trait of the optimist. So you can see that in handwriting that goes slightly up to the right, a person who has an optimistic view or sees an opportunity in every crisis and has a, a calm strength in the midst of trying circumstances, to quote Martin Seligman, the pioneer in psychology. Now, that's not the only sign, but that would be one way. Now, how can that be valuable to you if your writing or your signature is sloped way down, like there's an extreme slope downward? That may mean a lack of energy. It may mean a little bit burnt out at work. By just writing with an upward slant, you can change the neural pathways in your brain to signal them to be a little bit more optimistic. Now, Ian's writing isn't right upward. There's, it's a slight slant. So that to me is the most effective form of optimism. That's optimism sprinkled with realism. So in studies that I found, Daniel Goleman, who wrote the book uh, on emotional intelligence at work, he said that people who are optimistic yet realistic and look at the challenges of your everyday work without a a kind of blind uh, upbeatness those are the people who are most successful. So they're looking at the world half as, as a glass half full, but they're not forgetting or they don't have blind spots for what really needs to be done. So it's a practical approach that's colored with an optimistic, optimistic or warm energy coming into your daily work. Cool. And so that's one trait. Now, let's look at another trait. Now, I want everybody to look at their eyes. They're capitalized. And I also want them to look at whether or not they underline their signature. So if your eye looks like a Roman numeral eye, so you have one bar at the top, one line down, and then one bar underneath like a sandwich, or really just a straight line down on your eye. And if you underline your name, that represents self-reliance. So individuals who have that type of eye or underline their name, it's a form of leadership and independence. It means I'm going to depend on myself. 
I believe in myself and I'm going to be the one who defines my own destiny at work and in my life. And I believe that you, Ian, have the I that I described. Okay. So that would be another really simple tell of self-reliance, which is a high-performance attribute to be able to count it on as individually dealing with whatever you need to do at work and not always uh, being you know, codependent on other people to make it happen. That's great. So how many people listening right now, you can almost put up your hands if you like, have writing that's so big it almost takes up the whole card? Okay. I, I mine tends to be like that. I don't. I don't yeah. have the. I don't. I, you know. I, I um. I need a lot of real estate when I'm writing. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you have writing that takes up the whole card, you have something in common with Richard Branson, Oprah Winfrey, and you are the egomaniacs in the room. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. It shows boldness and confidence in yourself. Now, if your writing is large, or the, the rapper Drake has this too, if you have a, ver- a first letter that's much bigger in your signature name than the other letters, about two times the size. So a very first letter, like your I is quite large, yep. as well as you know, in, in the last name, your A. Yep. That represents confidence and boldness, is that you are going to fight through obstacles, you believe in yourself, it's gotten, to, it's gotten you where you want to be. And it shows that having a little ego is not such a bad thing in business. And I, I challenge you after this to go look at a series of successful people in the public eye. When I've done handwriting analysis for uh, celebrities, they often have this charismatic trait. Now, your signature is what you want the world to see. Your handwriting is who you truly are. So your signature is your authority in the world. That's your personal brand. That's what you project. That's what people see. And so you do want people to see you, I'd imagine, as being confident and bold. Maybe not in every situation where you maybe want to take a back seat. But if you are asking yourself how you can project a certain confidence, try writing your name a little bit bigger. And that, of anything, even if you don't believe in this, it's the placebo effect. It will remind you that you're supposed to feel confident and bold in order to move your career forward. Interesting. So those are three quick things you can see. Optimism, which is a slight upward slant. Self-reliance, which is underlying the name. Or having an eye, which is straight down or without the loop. And the third one is people who tend to write bold are confident and socially adept in work situations and public situations. Awesome. So if we can get that much insight out of just like, you know, analyzing a few letters and some in some patterns, then what are some of the lessons that individuals can learn that you know, I think there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, you know, I tend to type my notes instead of writing them." Um, what are the lessons that people should be should be getting from this? When it comes to typing versus note taking, here's the key takeaway: you're at least twenty percent more effective at learning something conceptually, absorbing that material, and increasing your memory recall when you write by hand. Now, there was a study done recently 
by two researchers at Princeton and University of California that had university students take notes, half the class by hand and half the class on a laptop. And what they found was when it came to basic data and facts, there was no difference. But when the students had to deal with conceptual or ideas, their level of mental prioritization and different levels of processing went skyrocket high when they had to take notes by hand. And the reason is, is because when you take notes by hand, there is another layer of processing and accessing critical thinking. So your brain is on high alert in a good way because you're literally leaning forward. You're thinking of all this information and data coming to me. What can I extract in order to make sense of what I need right now? And people who take notes by phone, I'm sure I've been in this situation too, it's distracting. If you get a notification, if somebody uh, sends you a text, you can easily fall out of being present. So it's much less easier to get distracted as well as uh, unfocused when you are writing by hand. So that's number one thing is it's a practical uh, tool and habit to get into is take notes by hand. I also think it looks different and optics matter. So if you're in a business meeting and you pull out your phone or even your iPad and you start typing away, it gives the impression to some people that you may be doing something else that's not related to what your supervisor or partner is doing. So if you take out a notepad and you take notes, it gives the impression that you're, being, that you're more present. And so it, it also has a different look and feel to it, where most people are taking notes in one way, you look like you really are here to absorb what you need to do. That's great. All right, so, so the first thing is, so it's, there's the practicality of it, and it's almost the more respectful side of it, because people are thinking, well, what's this person playing a video game? No, I'm actually taking my notes. But if you're writing it, they assume, well, they actually are taking notes. Exactly. And... There's another misconception that handwriting has no place in a technological, you know, a, a technological world. And my thinking on that is Tristan Harris, who was a former Google design ethicist, which means he studied out technology companies, social media apps, and online entertainment, used sophisticated manipulative practices in persuading us to stay online, said that on average in North America, we look at or we check our phones 150 times a day, and that's growing each year. And he said that technology is hijacking our brains, shortening our attention spans, making young people less social, reducing empathy, and making us incredibly distracted and unfocused. And so those are just the positives. The, those are just the positives, right. So it's, it's not preaching to say that what he suggests is for ways to tune out, but to be focused on your task at hand. And one way you can do that, if you are in a business environment is to not necessarily put away all your technology, that's not realistic, but it's to find ways to be more hands-on. And so he's not the only one who says that. Steve Jobs didn't let his kids play with iPads in the home. Bill Gates wouldn't let his kids use phones until they were a bit older. And Chris Anderson, the former editor of Wired Magazine said he was proud of the fact that he was hardest among all his kids' friends' parents in limiting technology because he said, we know the dangers that technology could potentially have. So my thinking around these points is it's less is more. 
So when you're going to use technology, use it, but you don't need it in every situation. And what I found as a handwriting analyst is it develops new neural pathways in your brain when you consciously write. And how does it do that? Well, really, the act of writing does not start in your hand. The act of writing starts in your brain. And your brain sends neural pathways, sends signals down your neural pathways, down your nervous system to your hand. And your fingers carry out the directives of your brain. Your writing paints a picture of what you think. And so the more you're activating those new neural pathways, the more you're tapping into your brain power. So it really makes you smarter. Interesting. And the other thing is uh, people who are very, respect, uh, very respected online, like Jim Quick, who's a, a neuroscientist and brain expert, who's got some excellent courses, he said that it, 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 it's, it's actually one of the leading things that he recommends for people to help develop their brain power from a neuroscience perspective. And he said that one of the reasons is memory recall that I think people are losing their ability to remember information because they know the directions are on their phone or they know everything's accessible with simply Googling it. But he says that when you write something out, your notes, a checklist, your goals, you're much more willing and much more likely to act on those than if you have notes on, on your phone which you may or may not get to, or may even forgot that you wrote in the first place. Now, now, Jamie, one of the questions that I'm sure people are thinking is, well, great, man, I wonder if I can get my client or prospect to send me a handwritten note, and then we can analyze it and see whether or not they're going to buy from me. But that's, that's not really going to tell you what you're looking for. This is more about kind of how people are wired. Is that right? It's both. To answer the first question, when I work with companies, what we do is, People will either apply to a different position online or they'll give it to you in person if they come in for an interview. And so the resume would be printed the, the normal way, but the cover letter or a key question that the company wants to know will be written by hand and scanned if it's online or brought in as part of it. And uh, with that piece, instead of looking at the content, you're looking at, as a handwriting analyst, different character traits that may be good contributors to or good indicators of whether or not this person is a good fit. It's not the only thing I would look at, of course. It would be one of many different kinds of personality assessment tools, but I've helped companies do this. And often it's been with companies that I've worked for across several different industries, whether it's corporate entertainment or uh, as an educator in different school systems. People have seen the value of it because you really can see quite quickly if somebody is just putting on their, their, their best face for the interview, which uh, their best foot forward, which is understandable because everybody does that, you can see things that may be red flags later. So at least you're aware if those things happen that you may want to uh, be aware of them before they actually take the job and you accept them there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, and, and I was thinking about that, like, wow, can you use this in an interview context? Hey, just fill, fill out this section and answer this one question. Um, <laughs> answer this one question. So, um, gee, assuming you had told a purple people eater to take, yeah. a, to take, a, take <laughs> a darn silly monkey and go back to the darn zoo, how would that have played out? Well, I may, I, I may not have used that one. I, I, I may have just asked them to 
write a paragraph because usually when I do this, if I see a paragraph, that's enough. Yeah. So in two lines, that gives some information that's helpful. But overall, uh, you can see quite a bit in just a paragraph to see if somebody has certain traits that are aha moments or or things that you, you may want to be aware of for the future. Now, IBM has done this. Several leading corporations, thousands of corporations have done this around the world, in the United States, in Germany, in Israel, in India. And this practice is quite prevalent in some of those countries. So this is something that seems old-fashioned, but it's one of those type of personality assessments that is more personalized and gives somebody indications of a person's overall profile that a computer may miss or not not focus on the nuances that I can look at when I see a, a handwriting sample. What What's the most surprising information you've ever discovered in looking at someone's handwriting? I can tell sometimes a person's injury. So recently uh, I analyzed uh, an executive at a big company in Canada and I and I told this person that they may want to even though I'm not a doctor and I say that up front, of course, they may want to look at a knee injury because I feel it's gotten worse and I was right. So you can tell certain parts of the body where there's weaknesses. And uh, I can also, I've also told people in the past things about their parents. I analyzed a, a celebrity's handwriting who's very well known in the United States. He called me up uh, through his producer and he wanted me to be personal about his family relationship. So I tend to focus on the positive. I, I only will go there if people ask me to. And I told him really an entire assessment of his relationship with his father. And this uh, person got back to me and said, asked me if I had done a special research or I had hired a detective because it was so accurate. But of course I hadn't. And there's no way I would have known because he said, nobody knows this other than the people closest to me and my family, including people who work with him. Wow. So you can get really detailed into personal relationships as well. And I do couples compatibility and their challenges. So, I mean, I even saw it with my wife and I, uh, <laughs> when we, when we uh, got married, she wanted to know what I saw. And I went over how compatible we were, we were and are through our handwriting, which, which we still are to this day. Oh, thank goodness. That's right. And then she stabbed you in the throat. That's but it right. was but right up until that moment it was a great discussion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so yeah, you can um you can see things that when I do this for people, uh, and I would say other good handwriting analysts would have the same effect, people get emotional and yeah. they in a short amount of time they tell you things expanding on what you, you told them. Uh because it feels like they know you. Yeah. And that and that's great insight that I think we might often overlook, which is, oh, I already know all this stuff. There's nothing new I'm going to get out of it. And it's um, it's very enlightening. So it, do you have one recommendation? Like, look, if you're going to really embrace this and and better understand the impact handwriting has and the in impact your handwriting has on others, what's the one thing you'd tell people to do? I would say take notes by hand. I would say to write with an upward slant when you're taking notes. You have nothing to lose. It's going to change your mindset. Write personalized handwritten thank you notes. You'll stand out. Richard Branson said that was the number one thing he suggests in business because so few people do and everyone will remember you. 
And the last thing is I would say, well, two other things. I would say handwriting helps you single task, which I think is a lost art. And I think previous generations knew that successful people are extremely adept at doing one thing at a time in a, in a overly saturated world with a million uh, shiny objects. So handwriting can help you focus on one thing at a time. And last is write down what you're grateful for by hand. It may sound a little bit corny. We tend to hear too much about show your gratitude. It doesn't mean anything. But be specific. Write down by hand because it has the ability, and there's studies that show this at Stanford, to decrease anxiety and make you feel more at peace. So it could be the best thing you do for yourself in difficult times is to remember specifically who you're grateful for, what opportunities are there for you, and write it down by hand. You know what? Great stuff. So, Jamie, what's the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about what you're up to? They can go to my website, www.jamiemasoncohen.com, and I'm there. I'm here to talk, and please reach out to me. That's awesome, man. We'll include that in the show notes, and we'll also – I don't know if it'll, if it'll work with iTunes, but – um, we'll include a link to my handwriting sample that I sent you just so people can kind of see some of the things you were talking about because I don't mind sharing it with other people, um, even though it somehow probably will now link to a bank in uh, Nigeria um, for, a, for, a, for a bank transfer. But, you know, I'll, I'll take that chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, hey, thanks for joining me today and for uh, sharing this. I mean, I, I learned a ton and uh, really enlightening stuff. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks so much, Ian. Have a great day. There's so much great stuff that Jamie shared. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information that you can use and apply to your business right away. And remember, check out the Same Side Selling Academy. Look forward to seeing you there. So remember, first, there are about 100 different traits that Jamie is trained to pick up in our handwriting. And I will tell you that after the episode, we did a deep dive on my handwriting. It was amazing how accurate it was. Really enlightening. People are 20% more effective when they're writing their notes than if they're typing them. So take the time to write your notes. And I love Jamie's suggestion about write just with a little bit of an uptick. And you can actually condition your brain to be a little bit more optimistic than maybe you were in the past. Remember, this show gets a direction from you, the listener. If there's a guest you think I should have on, if there's a topic you think I should cover, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer.